I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? supporting actresses my name is nick achanov and you can talk to birds and my name is colin drucker and you have the cape (laughs) you have the cape you have the cape oh joanna oh joanna oh joanna just justifying the beans i finally know what that means i feel like i was just gonna say that's a great yes yeah that was a little thing that i knew you know why i knew about that because i saw a compilation on youtube of different people doing the justify the beans part at the end of that song and like you know it's like you know who did it best and um it there were a lot of bad ones there were some there were some refried beans let me tell you (laughs) it's like in such a weird spot like joanna gleason is very much in that like classification of like singers like Glenn Close. They have a very strong chest voice, but then when it's like the mix is not quite there, but the high notes are beautiful. So it's like when when it's like it's like a parent. I think Joanna Gleason like does it like perfectly. It's like well balanced, but you can tell it's higher. But I think that's the joy in those other videos, which are also great. I I watched so many of those. I oh, love them. They're so good. I love. I think. I got into them because of company and it was like, who did, you know, not getting married today the best, you know? And, and it's just, and then there's like parts of songs or musicals that I don't know, but like it's, you know, 17 different women singing the same part of one song. You figure out what it is by like number four, you know? Yes, that's true. That's true. I like, I mean, there's nothing better than a janky performance of Into the Woods though. I don't know what it is. Some shows are just better at a community theater like that because there's always a few like, diamonds in the rough but then you know i feel like cinderella's mother at the grave is always some like 62 year old woman Mm -hmm. woman that like can't count and doesn't know anything about music but she's just like (laughs) and that part is hard speaking of another vocal part that is just like in the rafters um i love it i love it yeah it's i mean uh i guess this is all to say that indeed we are here today to count down our BSAs of the, I guess, the original Broadway cast of Into the Woods. Yes, I feel like this is such, um, I feel like we, I almost said like tread lightly, but like this is such, I think of Amanda watching this, uh, like she like watched it like 65 times a day. Like there are people that know this like the back of their hand. And I, I guess just to start too, like I, no into the woods. I played the baker into the woods once. You were the sure baker. We'll talk about. She I was Carmen. She was the baker. Pittsburgh <laughs> What's does not next? know what to do with this hot potato. <laughs> so, but I I don't know everything about Into the Woods. Like even watching 
this like and it's been a while i i i this is like so bullshit actor stuff but like i didn't want to watch the pbs performance when i was doing the baker because i didn't want to steal anything even though like some of it is just like already ingrained like you can't say these lines any different like you can try but it's never going to hit the same way because so many of these actors found the perfect cadence and the comedic lines in this show so it's that's hard to erase but um yeah I don't I know enough but I don't know you know I didn't read finishing the hat and look I made a hat I don't own those books but uh maybe Santa will bring them to me you know those books those coffee table books no I I understood virtually none of the words that came out of your mouth no I I did are they like behind the scenes of Into the Woods are they Sondheim related in general yeah it's like his his, his entire like works it's like from I I believe from what I know about it, it's like, you know, the first half of his career is um, finishing the hat. And then the second half is uh, Look, I Made a Hat. And they're beautiful books. Like, I do want them at some point. And they also have, like, a lot of uh, stories and behind the scenes stuff. And just, like, it's really cool. Like, it, it's for any Sondheim fan. Even if you're, like, a mild Sondheim fan, I think it's a really great gift. And I feel like Amanda has them for sure. Well, I feel like, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like there's that... um you know, it's so relevant, but you know, there's that book about the real housewives, like diamonds or forever or whatever. And there's some <laughs> book. And I remember like thinking when I'd only seen Roni, I was like, Oh, well, I don't want to read that book because like, I'm not going to understand like half of what this is about. But now that I'm, you know, a little more well-versed, I'm like, Oh, well maybe I'll read that book. And so now that yes. I've got company under my belt, I'm pretty deep into the woods. I feel like I could read a book about a hat and understand what he's talking about. Yeah, I feel I I don't know for a fact, but I would imagine both of those are kind of in this. I I'm, I think they'd be in the same book. Who knows? Yeah, I guess uh, right. They're very different times. Up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, and and really like the the point of all that besides the fact that I live into the woods and I want I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. It's uh, it was Tony's week this week. The Tonys were on Sunday. So we're going with our Broadway theme this week. And of course, we'll be talking about the Tony Awards in the Best Supporting After Show on Patreon. But I'm I'm excited to hear, Colin, what is your history with the show? Well, I think I actually, you know, have a little more experience with the show even than Company. I feel like, I mean, Company, I could probably like you know, listen to the, you know, the original cast recording more times and probably like know that show a lot better. But I think I've seen a couple productions of Into the Woods. I feel like there was one at the Roundabout Theater years ago, I feel like I saw, and that may have been the one where everything came out of the big trunk. Uh, And so I remember seeing that. And maybe there was even a production in college, but yeah, it, it. that being said, I feel like it's not one that, like, when I sat down to watch it again for this episode, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. Like, it all was still pretty new to me. And in terms of this production, I've always known this as kind of like, like, I remember seeing the cover for it. It's that, like, sort of green cover, and there's a little, like, group photo in the corner and the yellow font on it. And yes, I yes. feel like... I remember seeing that. I don't know where, but I just, that's a visual that I think I've seen for a while. And I've always associated as, oh, this is something that theater kids love. Like, this is a holy grail for theater kids. And I don't even say that judgmentally because I, like, also immediately knew that Joanna Gleason was in it. So I was like, okay, well, like, whatever it is, it's Joanna Gleason. I'm sure it's great, you know. But I also didn't think it was going to be something I'd be 
interested in because you know not a big musical person so mm-hmm. it was kind of like then i got into company and i started to appreciate sondheim but i think there was always part of me that was like oh well company is so in line it's like this very sort of modern musical it's set in you know the late 60s early 70s like it's all in an era that i'm excited by but this into the woods fairy tales it's kind of like sweeney todd i'm like a period piece and so yes. you know all of a sudden you know the 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 walls close again you know and so sorry steven and uh, wrong and so <laughs> i kind of had to be like you know coaxed back into it but like so all of that to say that in some ways this felt like my first time really watching into the woods and certainly this production mm. the first time i ever really watched it and i really loved it i really think it's um it's it's great and you know, it, it's just, I love, especially act two. I just love where yeah. it goes. I love how it devolves. I love how like people start dying. It feels like the Poseidon adventure in act two, you know? Yes. There's oh like, God, it is such a disaster movie in a way. Yeah. Right. Like it ends with only like a band of survivors and, and they're sort of unlikely or unpredictable. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't know that those are the ones to survive. And I love that. I just, I loved kind of that idea of like, we're the survivors of this musical. And it was, yeah, I I thought it was, you know, and the music is, of course, is great. And, uh, you know, I, I gotta say this, this, it was no come from away. I'll tell you that, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. First of all, I, I, I figured you would probably like it, especially act two. I mean, the, the junior version of this, if, if like, you know, teens want to do it is just act one. Right. Which is practically perfect because it like everyone kind of gets their wish and Yeah. And then it just like ends when I, my friend Joanna, who came to see the show, had no idea about the show. And she walked out after like she was walking to her car at intermission because she thought oh it was God. over. But she she noticed no one else was moving and she went by herself. And I was like and, and then she finally figured it out, too. But like it, there is like that sense of finality, which makes act two like so it's so it's so yummy. Right. Because you really have no sense of like well, where are things going to go now? Like there's, there's no mm-hmm. setup at the end of act one for where act two is going to go. And I really, and it's, I mean, I guess I, this is obviously the point of it, but you know, they're interconnected, but not actually kind of happening at the same, you know, they're not happening in the same room kind of narratives in act one, right? Like it's almost like a, a farce where like someone runs in and someone runs out and it's, you know, slamming doors and here comes Cinderella and there goes yes. the pr- prince. And like, I love how then, well, all those stories were connected the way that they then mush into one story in act two. And like, you know, I, I just, I mean, I know that anyone who loves into the woods is like, yeah, Colin, that's like the idea. That's the point. But I appreciate that. I, it made yeah. it really interesting in how it suddenly even like the witch was like a part of the protagonists in a way, you know? Oh yes. I don't know if it was, I want to say it was Heather Headley who I, oh no, she was in the encores, mm-hmm. just this most recent revival of it, but then Patina Miller is going to be the one on Broadway, who is equally as great too, but I think it was Heather Headley. Oh, I should have looked it up, but she has this great, almost like a line reading of the song during Last Midnight, where she, you know she's like, I'm the witch, I'm the witch, I'm the, like, mm-hmm. and she has this like, 
uh, she says, like, I'm the witch. Like, she, like, turns it around because that's when everyone else, they're like, you know, it comes right after your fault and everyone's just, like, blaming each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's it's so great to, like, it's such an amazing choice. I think I saw it on that Instagram account, Let's Hear It for the Choice, which oh. is a great Instagram account. Yeah. Um, is it just and- about acting choices? Yes, what? but musical theater focused. I thought I sent it to you. I feel like I talked about it maybe, but oh my God, it's so good. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Yes, acting choices and like high school productions or and beyond, like and all the way up to Broadway. It is just like mostly women too, uh, but it's pretty musical theater heavy, but I feel like there's something that you you would gain from it. I mean, there it's it's great. And what a great idea. Oh, I mean, I musical, love it. Uh, yeah. Instagram account. Yeah. yeah. But I think the other thing that I was going to say, too, is um, this is also something you, we say it so many times, like even with like the Pedro Almodovar stuff, like I can't wait to go back and watch this again. But you will always get something different every time you watch this. You latch onto some character or it's I, I think it's just like I love giving it a little time to breathe, too, because like next year or two years from now you could watch this and totally identify with a new character or find some like sort of richness in like a song that you didn't like fully appreciate i guess Mm -hmm. yeah um and i i got like the i guess it's so hard it's like i know we're gonna do the countdown too so i guess i'll save it but um I'm wondering if you saw, did you see, were you in New York in 2002? Because that's the last, that's the most recent revival of this. I was not. So I don't know what, okay. I must have seen something. It must have been off Broadway, I guess. Because I know I saw a production. I think Roundabout is considered off Broadway. So that must have been where it was. Yeah, Roundabout's brought, yeah. Because that's where Anything Goes was with Sutton Foster and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, but um, no. In two thousand two, I was in high school, so I was probably I was just going to say. York. I guess that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I want I want to go through some just like Tony Award sort of accolades for Into the Woods because I think it's interesting, and I'm I'm so fascinated by, and I'm, I'm sure this is like a side conversation, of like which of these people got nominated for Tonys and which of these people didn't? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like anyone could have been nominated for this. And so to to kind of just kick it off, this was at the 1988 Tony Awards. It won Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score, which I love, um, and Best Actress for Joanna Gleason. She beat Patti Lapone. speaking of Anything Goes, in uh, Anything Goes. Wow. I'm sure, Patty was, I'm sure Patty was not pleased. I feel like I remember that she mentioned it in her book, that she was just like, she really felt like she put so much of herself into that role and it was just devastating. Maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly, but it sounds like Patty, you know? I mean, I'm sure she said it about something at some point, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, But it was nominated for like much more than that. As far as the other, uh, one of the other actors was Robert Westenberg, who played the wolf slash Cinderella's prince. I could see that for like a featured actor role, but... I mean, really, besides the wolf, the prince, the other prince, Rapunzel's prince, has just as much to do. You know what I mean? I feel like everyone wants to be Cinderella's prince, um, but they're both equally funny parts. Well, and then that role, that guy, the guy who played it in this production, I feel like he's played, so the guy Chuck Wagner, is that his name, where he's played both roles at some point? 
Oh, is that Rapunzel's prince? Rapunzel's prince. I didn't so, write his name down. Okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So uh, here, I have it in front of me. Let's see. Yeah, he's one of the few people that I didn't write down. So he played Rapunzel's prince in this production, and Robert Westenberg played Cinderella's prince. Oh, and then it was in the first national tour. Then Chuck Wagner played Cinderella's prince and the will. Ah, uh, yeah. got it, got it, got um, it. Okay, well, good for him. Well, and also say this. Chuck Wagner's IMDb picture is... Uh, at, beyond i mean move over celia west and actually no hers is terrible uh but whoever has a good one i mean his is just like ridiculous oh my god i'm like whoa yeah it's so hot he's like i don't know man it's like conan the barbarian here or something right but also like yeah he looks great a dad at a barbecue yeah in a conan costume (laughs) it's great yeah i'm into it i'm into it he looks like he'd be on a soap opera or something right right so the guy who played Cinderella's Prince, I had to look this up and I looked it up twice because I just did not. I was I had not heard of Robert Westenberg and I kept thinking it was the actor James Reborn or Rebporn, R-E-B-H-O-R-N. It was driving okay, me, let me look him nuts. Up. I was like, it looked like a young, hot James Reborn, whose name I can't say clearly. Reborn. Reborn. <laughs> Is it R-E-B or R-E-P? Oh, I see. I see. R-E-B, now. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? It was driving me nuts. I can nuts. see that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he he's this is this guy has been in everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. And Yeah, he was in everything. Oh my gosh, yes. That we can't name any of them, but he's just one of those people. Yeah. Um well, that's fun. And um, the other, I mean, the the year, the 1988 Tony Awards was also the same year as Phantom of the Opera, and which was like the Hamilton of its time. Mm-hmm. And it just got, but I think like, you know, three Tonys is better than nothing because, you know, best book, best score, best lead actress. That's, that's pretty great. Um, I, I'll but, say I'm yeah, shocked yeah. that Bernadette did not have a nomination. I I'm know. really shade. Not Colin. even a nomination. What do you think of that? I am shocked. I mean, you know, you're saying like that, you know, Chuck Wagner and Robert Westenberg pretty much had the same amount to do. I would say Joanna Gleason and Bernadette Peters at the very least were doing the same amount. And like, I mean, Bernadette was really like, I don't know what Patty's so upset about. At least she got nominated. I mean, Here's Bernie over here. Just what does a girl have to do? I know. And I could be wrong about this, but there are some years at the Tony Awards where, I mean, the pandemic was a little bit different. It's like Aaron Tveit was the only one nominated in lead actor, which is crazy. Right. Um, but there are years at the Tony Awards where they might only have three nominees or four nominees as opposed to the, four, the full five. And I don't know what category it was, but I was... I, it might have been lead actress. It might have been something else that, you know, they could have had that fourth slot. Or maybe yeah. they didn't have four people. I, I can't remember. But I mean, I'm yeah, seeing interesting. in that, yeah, there were four nominees uh, that year because there was Judy Kuhn in Chess and Allison Frazier in Romance Romance uh, with a slash in the middle. So I'm supposed to say Romance Slash Romance. But what, you <laughs> you couldn't have another? Are they only allowed to have four at this point? Uh I'm just looking at the, uh, I want to see the best performance by a featured actress in a musical. Um, oh, so there were there was a production of Cabaret that year. and Yes. Oh, and then Judy Kay. And won. Sally got nominated for best feature, Yeah, right? was The just, woman who played Sally? Yeah, I was just going to say, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Isn't she kind of a lead? Yeah, Fraulein Schneider I can see, but not Sally Bowles. Come on. Come on now. And, and uh, oh, the, the chick from Phantom of the Opera won. I can't remember her Judy name. Judy Kay. Judy Kay, a lot of Judys here. A lot of Judys. She's great. Um, 
And I will say at the Drama Desk Awards, which are kind of like the Golden Globes for the Tonys in a way, um, Bernadette was nominated for lead. Oh, good. And Robert Westenberg and Joanna Gleason won both in the featured actor and actress categories, respectively. Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. And and Danielle Furland was also who played Little Red was also nominated for best featured actress. So yeah, it's like that category fraud. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Do you do you think? I guess it does. I, uh, to me, there are only like like the baker is a clear lead in this show as far as like the men are concerned. There's no question, right? But, like you really, it's so ensemble too that it's like, is Joanna Glee is the baker's wife a lead? Do you think which do you think is more? That's a great question. I would say the baker's wife feels a bit more like a lead than the witch. I think. Yeah, but like it's so hard and I feel like this is one of those things that when you said like you get something new out of it each time I might switch that the next time I watch this you know where it's like oh no this is all about Bernadette right now you know and and I but I I feel like if I had to say who the leads are I think it's the baker and his wife and then like the witch is like a strong supporting role you know and then obviously like Little Red Riding Hood supporting and and Cinderella yeah, and supporting. Cinderella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. That being said, while we are doing the BSAs of Into the Woods, there's no rules here. So anybody can be a BSA for, yes, as far we're as putting, we're concerned. Yes, we're throwing Joanna and Bernadette into the mix because to not mention them is crazy. So it's yeah. just. What am I yeah. doing here? Yeah. Everyone's a BSA today. Everyone's a BSA. BSA today. That's our like. <laughs> that should be like our weekly newsletter. Oh, I love that. Why didn't we that. think of that? Maybe BS- we did. I don't know. No, we didn't. Okay, well, put a pin in that. BSA today. Okay. Oh. Ugh. Oh, that's a fun. can design the logo. Yeah. Oh, it's all happening. Mm. <laughs> all right. I'm excited. Me too. Well. Anyway. Yeah. Well, let's, why don't we get into it then? Uh, and I mean, because along the way, I think a lot of what we want to talk about will come up in our in our lists. And then we can obviously talk about anything we miss because uh, it's our show and so uh we're gonna do a good old-fashioned countdown five to one our very subjective could change with each viewing bsas of into the woods oh my gosh i'm so excited uh, now once upon a time once upon a time <laughs> da, da, da. i don't know is that how the show starts so um <laughs> is da, 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 part of it something like that something yeah. like that does it steven put a dun in it um <laughs> so bef- do you have any honorable mentions i do i actually have quite a few and I, I i will try not to mention them all i'm looking at my list i Okay, let me just see. I will say this. I think the stepsisters in Into the Woods are an underrated sort of like comedic role. Mm-hmm. And those two women really do give it their all. And I would say, you know, um, Cinderella's stepmom too. They're kind of like a clump. You know what I mean? But there's, I mean, the one thing that will always make me laugh and it's so stupid is like during the, um, when, um, Cinderella's do like doing the hair. It's like mother said be good, mother da da da, mm-hmm. and then she like slaps her and she says like Claude, which is one of my favorite lines too. And then she starts laughing those little like hmm hmm hmm, and then she's like oh, and she says oh and looks into the mirror. It's so stupid and so funny. It makes me laugh all the time. So 
Stepsisters is one of my honorable mentions. I will uh, stop there. I'm like, I'll stop there for thoughts. Maybe applause. Yeah, <laughs> pause for applause. I would say the yeah. stepsisters and the stepmother, uh, Joy Franz as the stepmother, and then Kay McClelland and Lauren Mitchell as Florinda and Lucinda, yes. as a clump, are really like quintessential featured, you know, supporting characters. Yeah, I feel like if I was cast as one of them, I would be like, oh, man. You know, it's like if you can't be Cinderella, you're going to be a stepsister or, or something like that, too. But at least they get to be in the scene, like act two, like everyone kind of comes together again. They don't just like show up at the beginning and then go off. You know, I do like that everyone there was a little bit, a bit of a balance there. I mean, for God's sake, at least they weren't Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do feel bad for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, like that's... you you show up for like one part of the like, finale (laughs) yeah unbelievable who were they i don't know um but did you have an honorable mention i don't know if i asked you that so those were honorable mentions for me as well okay i guess my other like very quick is uh tom tom aldridge as the narrator slash mysterious man i really love him in act two i like during no more no more is just like it's such a beautiful song. That is like the entire reason why you want to be the baker is because you get to sing that beautiful song. Um, but I really liked him. I think he has a lot of charm as the narrator. And like a pretty, I think um, when they did the 2002 revival, I can't remember his name, but the the man who did play the narrator slash mysterious man got a uh, Tony nomination for best featured actor in a musical, which I think is like, or maybe leading actor. Again, these weird categories in 2002 um, yes for that revival oh john Did I make that up? okay john mcmartin there we go if that's if if that would be the one that's him yeah, that'd that's, be, that's him, him. Yes. um well and then in, t- in 2012 oh it was the central park production where then yeah that's that one. chip zine mm-hmm. did uh uh the role so he say his name is, oh, chip is zine the... i know you know what i Zion? i was gonna look that up i say we just call him chip z chip for the z. entire podcast yeah. because i've heard so many different things i could have looked up an interview of course and i it's like the last thing on my list that i didn't do for this but you know chip we'll call him yeah, chip. chip little chip yeah um yeah the original chip in beast yeah <laughs> yes that's right yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like we can get there somehow. yeah where do i know uh, this? but yeah, yeah other than that i'm sure we'll talk about all the characters at one point but um i say it's time to get into this sure. i want i want you to go first i want you to go first okay well i you know i did have two other little honorable mentions oh yes please. it is it, so and you know it's tough you have to kind of organize and whatnot so i'm gonna say that um yeah, Marco. Uh, he's, he always knows when I'm recording. Uh, I'm going to say Danielle Furland as Little Red. You know, at first I was like, oh, I, I don't think I'm going to like this girl. You know, I don't like kids. Yes. And she's not a kid. She's probably like, you know, I don't know how old she was in this, but seems a teenager. But she really gets really interesting in Act 2. Like, I think um, when, she, when Cinderella is singing to her, like, you are not alone, you really, there's a depth to Little Red that kind of comes out that I really was like, oh, I like this. I just, I like you. So I gave her an honorable mention. Yeah, I, she's on my list. Oh, good, So we will good. talk about her, yes. And I can't wait to talk about it, yeah. The other one is, you know, we'll call him Chip, but I think the baker is just a delight. I think Chip was so 
and it's something that was a, a current through many of these performances was it didn't feel that didn't have that precious musical theater thing that I don't like about things like come from away. He had this just yeah. like quirky neurotic energy that was really it was so enjoyable. And I thought, I mean, that's great that you got to play the baker because I was thinking, God, the baker is such a good role. It is. It's like every gay man's dream role. No pun intended. I don't know what it is such about a good it. Yeah. Role. <laughs> yes. He's a baker. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiian rolls. Yeah. I um, wish. Ugh. I. But yeah, it's. I, I, I'm realizing this almost kind of now, but I guess it was in, obviously intentional. I didn't put him on my list, and I don't know why, but I. I do like him. I think that like he set the sort of template over because like really I do feel the baker can be anyone mm-hmm. like I, as sure. much as there's like a type there. Like typically I feel like for like a really good caliber like Broadway level show, they're going to try to get that chip energy chip Z. Um, but like, you know, James Corden played him in the movie and, um, you know, Neil Patrick Harris just recently played him like it can be anyone and I think there are very few roles in musical theater that are like that um which I think is kind of fun that it's it, it can be anyone yeah and it's a shame that anyone includes James Corden but you know I mean yeah I mean, yeah did you see the movie I did I did see the movie that's the other mm-hmm. thing I did see the movie as well so I've seen like at least three productions and I looked it up at the roundabout in 2014 was the production I saw I, I saw the movie and I remember it didn't sweep me away but i do remember feeling like i liked how meryl sang her last song i felt like she really like got into her into her cockles there you know yeah it's when i heard she was going to be the witch you know everyone was like oh my god yes because yeah it's meryl it's meryl but like i think she did great i did like her last midnight i think like in general it's i wanted more of that grit from her which I think she just has such like a perfect speaking voice that I feel sometimes that's hard to sort of gather. But I really like Little Red in the movie. Who played I love Little a Red? Good, um, she was like, oh gosh, I don't know her name, but I feel like um, she was also, I think she was like hot off of uh, like the Annie revival on Broadway. Um, her uh, name okay. is right at the tip of my tongue. Let me just look Lily, it up real Lila quick. Crawford? Lily, Lila Crawford? Yes. Yeah. Lila Crawford. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Little... I mean, and the movie has some great people. Tammy Blanchard, Christine Baranski. Yeah, I was just Tracy Allman. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the movie had some, some really good casting in it. But, I mean, James Corden aside. It, oh, Johnny Depp was the big bad wolf. God. Oh, I'm, like, forgetting all this. I remember Emily Blunt was the baker's wife. I forgot that Anna Kendrick was Cinderella. I thought it was Amy Adams. So, but that yeah, was Anna enchanted. Kendrick is not. Yeah, not my Cinderella. Plus, I heard she's just like a garbage person. Oh, Anna Kendrick, not ugh. Amy. Not um, Amy. Not our Amy. I, I would have rather liked to have seen Anna Kendrick as like Little Red, like fifteen years ago. Right. Like that's, oh, that's that so sort true. of precociousness. But um, yeah. Um, well, I'll just say but this anyway, about this is, just yeah. one thing about Meryl. There is a part of me that like cannot stand her singing voice, like that where she goes in her head. When, you know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, kind of way that she sings. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. that's sort of like frog in your throat. I mm. get it. I mean, she gets the job done, but I just don't think she was. F- I mean, I actually really love Mamma Mia. Part of me wants to like do Mamma Mia oh. this summer because it's such a summer movie and it's just so to, like good. watch you squirm. Oh, it's yeah. So I mean, bad. I. Love it. It's the first Broadway show I've ever seen. Uh, oh, 
But Christine Baranski? Oh, come on. Oh, it's... Maybe uh, we'll do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But if that's the case, <laughs> then we're doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I was going to say, what's <laughs> what's my equivalent? I know. Oh, I know. If you, you know, give me a... Fo- yeah, go ahead. No, I guess that's the question is like, what's your equivalent of like, oh God, other than like an awful horror movie, which I wouldn't make you watch. Um, what would be your like, oh, this would just be like fingernails for me. I don't even know what that would be. Yeah, because I... I'm pretty much down for anything, um, but yeah, horror movies would like. I'm not annoyed by them. I'm just, I'm just like terrified, right, which, I, which I feel is a different. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like I could come to some conclusion there. Something that you would be, but most of the stuff that you really like that's weird, I also would like too. So it's, uh, yeah. What's my Mamma Mia? I'll think about that. I don't know. If I find out it's uh, Lazy Susan, this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, right? I pretended to like it all along. I knew it. <laughs> I've been fooled no. before by you. <laughs> I know, it's true. You never know. Uh, uh, all right, so I guess should we get to our our, our fifth slot yeah. here in the countdown? Let's, what do you got? Well, my fifth slot, my number five is is Pamela Winslow as Rapunzel. Oh my gosh! I have so much to say. Go. I I think it's this a great un like more and more unhinged performance. Certainly in Act Two, I I there's something about it that I it feels almost reminiscent. I'm, I'm now it's blinking of what it reminds me of. But there's this kind of she almost reminds me of like one of the the smaller character contestants in Drop Dead Gorgeous. She almost reminds me of the yes. like uh they they what was it they they fixed my <laughs> stomach with skin from my butt or something like that. The girl who got bit Oh, I by don't the remember dog. it. I don't I'm not as well no, versed. I should be. But, I, but okay. There's just this like this weird quality about her that I I don't know. I just really liked, and I think that's something that, with a rewatch, I would like focus on. You know, it was something that I really honed in on this time. I'm so glad you mentioned her. She did not make my list, but like, I mean, it also like precedes like one of the best lines in the show. But when Rapunzel is like really calling the witch out for being a terrible mother and like the trauma that she's inflicted upon her, and then Bernadette has that great line. I was just trying to be a good mother. It's like it's so funny. It's great. Um, yeah. And 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 essentially like Rapunzel kills herself. She's not pushed. Mm-hmm. She runs directly into it. And you could see there's like a there's like a 0.5 second face journey where she decides yeah. she's going to do it and then she runs into it. Yeah, yeah, like she like she she kind of breaks by the end and it's it's yes. great it's really fascinating and it just like but you don't get too much of her so it kind of makes you always hungry for more of Rapunzel's story yeah i want to know rapunzel fan fiction who's got yeah. it yeah yeah right <laughs> um but yeah she was she was uh great and i don't know i'm looking at the sort of like all of the casts if there's ever been a a rapunzel that i knew but i don't think yeah i know any of these women so um, there was someone named Mary Lincoln. I guess she really moved oh. on after that whole other incident in a theater <laughs> yeah. with her husband a few years prior. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, so Pamela Winslow is my number five. Love that. Love that. What do you got? Uh, so my number five, and I hope it, the last name didn't autocorrect, but if you have it pulled up, you can correct me, uh, is Jack's mother, played by Barbara Bryn, B-R-Y-N-E. 
I, I want to make sure it didn't correct. Like, was it supposed to be burn or Bryn? No, you have it correct. And and okay. she's my number four, so this works out perfectly. Oh, I love for this. us to talk about yeah, Barbara yeah. Bryn. I think it's like honestly, one of the like meteor roles in the show. To be honest, like she gets to be in the opening number. She gets to sing the the main theme of Into the Woods first out of anyone in the show. Oh wow! She gets to die, and she gets to have some really really funny moments. And I I mean again, it's like why have they not cast Rachel Dratch in this role ever? Is oh, crazy to me. Yeah. Right. Because I, mean, I just feel like it's perfect. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, I, seeing Barbara Bryan in this, I can totally understand why they cast Tracy Ullman in the movie. Yes, I think that's perfect casting. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's interesting that, I mean, you know, with, there's this new production that's coming out in New York. Uh, that uh, well, I, I was out, so I did not get to participate. But I saw the text chain with you and Amanda. And I don't know who this Amy Garcia is, but it looks like I feel like you've mentioned this woman, Anne Harada, before as someone you really like who played her. Yes. At uh, New York City Center Encores. Anne Harada was in the original cast of um, Avenue Q. She played Christmas Eve mm -hmm. and she was also in Smash. She played the stage manager. Oh, wow. We got to yeah. get. We, we need to talk about Smash, by the way. Oh, maybe. I mean, that's. Oh, I could talk about Smash all day. But yeah, and she was like more. So, Brian Darcy James was the one that was least utilized in that show and followed by Anne Harada, uh, which is funny because Brian Darcy James is going to be playing the baker. He's replacing yeah. Neil Patrick Harris, which I love for him. He's such I, a baker type. Yes. I think that's a nice. That's a nice step in a nice direction yeah yes uh so i'm very happy for him um but yeah but jack's mom i just feel like she is just insufferable enough and charming enough and funny enough that you're always excited to see her on stage i love that little moment when she's talking to the baker's wife and she's like i have no children and she just she says that's okay too but the way she says it mm -hmm. it's like again it's like these I think one of the, this is like a big tangent here, but I watched this video uh, today about why the um, Into the Woods musical, movie musical adaptation didn't work or wasn't as successful. And this guy had such a great point is, is that they like sucked all the humor out of it. Mm -hmm. Like every little thing, like even Rapunzel, like crying tears into like the prince's eyes to like heal him. It's this very like beautiful moment. It looks like Ever After with like Drew Barrymore and like a right. handsome prince. But like in the show, she's just like, she looks like she's clucking like a chicken into his eyes. And it's just like, it. I don't know. There's like, a, it, it changes the vibe a little bit. And I think that's like one of the most, oh gosh, there's so much to talk about, but I'll stop there because I, that's act two nonsense. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But um you know, but the, I really. I was going to say about the tears. It's it's funny in this production they play her tears the same way they play the beans in a way. You yes, know? it's like yes. plink, bang, plink, bang, and and bang. it and it's such a like simple solution. You know what I mean? It's just like plink, plink. Now you have your eyes again. You know, and uh, yeah, yes. and so the humor of that, yeah, I I can see is totally stripped out of the movie. Yeah, it's like you have to have. It's like. A, a good like you can't be too dramatic with this you can't take it too seriously yes there are like crazy things that happen in act two i think i counted and including like the giant there are like nine characters that die in act two yeah so yeah it's like it is serious stuff so like when it is serious like 
you can still be serious. But even like during all of that stuff, like you have that line from Little Red, like you can talk to birds, like just Mm -hmm. that kind of cuts that a little bit and just makes it a little bit more digestible in a way it's it's a perfect balance um but she makes me laugh a lot the slotted spoons oh wait slotted spoons don't hold much soup i just love when she walks on into the middle of the stage and just like mugs to the camera and says that line it's great and then later says but it can catch the potato or whatever it is <laughs> yes, yeah, yes yes which yes. i thought was so cute she was really yes. great i was bummed that she died but it was it was like shelly winters dying in the poseidon adventure at that point you know what it i mean was. it was like well you know, in the water. She's very, uh, I know. Very skinny I, lady. <laughs> I wondered, I like one of the things I've always wondered about is why does Jack's mother have to die standing up? I don't understand. Like, I get it and I don't get it at the same time. I read about this. So apparently in this production, Barbara had asked if they could do it this way because she didn't want to fall and she had like a back injury that she didn't want to exacerbate and so they did it this way and then that became like the way that a lot of other productions did it so this was just this was just barbara being barbara with that wonky back of hers you know (laughs) i mean i know what that's like hey yo that'd be me i'll I'll play jack's mother one day (laughs) that's really your would you believe your role (laughs) yeah luanda lesseps is jack's oh God, I mean, you know, obviously Luann would would want the witch, but no, Luann, I feel like if Luann was ever in a production of this, they would probably just give her like Cinderella's stepmother. It'd be a small role. Yeah, like the steward. She'd be like the bitchy steward. Yes, she's yeah, like, the, get out of my castle. Ha ha. Right. Well, she's the voice <laughs> of the giant. Can you believe oh, it? My husband <laughs> <yes>. died. <laughs> she's like, I, you know, I think the part needs to be beefed up a little. Don't you think, Ben? <laughs> I think she might need more lines here. <laughs> oh my God, Luann Delesseps as the giant is is the casting. Oh God, I am here for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it would be so. I funny. Need, I'm going to write that all out tonight. Oh yeah, and do a performance next week. It's so good. It's the perfect <laughs> casting. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Oh my God, I I just love that so much. Um, yep. Okay, so uh, Barbara's number four. That was my number four. Now, I think we're up to your number four, right? Yes, my number four is Little Red, Daniel Furland. Ah, okay, go on. And I I mean, I think in general, too, it's like so. there's, there's so many musical theater girls that want to be Little Red and could be Little Red. I think that's another one um, that could be any girl specifically, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I think, honestly, you've already mentioned it, too, but act two, I was just so into her, and I was, I cried, like, harder during No One Is Alone that I've ever cried, and it's like, you know, when you see someone crying, Mm -hmm. it's like, you just, like, you have that permission to do so, and I don't know, like, between, I mean, again, one of my favorite lines in the show is, you can talk to birds, there's no other way to, like, deliver that line, too, Um, she just, like, set the template there, and and the line at the end where she's like, I'll be your mother now. I just love that, like, it's so stupid that it actually works. Yeah, um, yeah. I Yeah, there's something about it where I just, like, I just buy Little Red's reality. But it, it's it's the kind of role where if you just judge her for how she appears in the beginning of Act 1, like, you're missing kind of the evolution of Little Red. Because, you know, it's like when, or later on, when, like, this, the baker steals her cape and she starts whining and crying, I was like, Danielle, 
there is another hour and a half of this show. You have to stop. But then she yes. grew on me, and I, yeah, she really is. I, I think it's a it, that's a role that I'd be fascinated to see other people do because I feel like, yeah, in Act Two, there's a lot of opportunities to like find a lot of depth in Little Red. Yeah, I feel like everyone. I think for Little Red, like grows up way quicker. I mean, granted, there are a lot of adults in the show, but like before Jack, I guess, and I because yeah. I, I think that turning point is when. Um, she's eaten by the wolf and the baker saves her and she's like okay I have to look out for myself now and like she kind of she you know she has the knife at all times and she's kind of even if like we don't necessarily believe it because she's still a kid like she believes she's a a hard ass you know what I mean and it works for her in a way I love hard ass little red who's just kind of like a little rough around the edges Mm -hmm. you know and the thing about with red and the wolf and I don't because you know it's I feel like, you know, there's probably nothing is in this show by mistake. But particularly when Little Red is talking about her experience with the wolf, like yes. it all reads as very like vague, like a lot darker. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of like he preyed Sex. on her. It's very yeah. sexual kind of like, you know, he, he showed me things and he taught me things. And it's like. What happened between you two? And I just, I love that, like, obviously there's themes and morals in this. And obviously, with you know, we talked about a little bit with, you know, Rapunzel and, and the witch and just trying to be a good mother and all of that. Like, all of those themes are playing out here as well. But I felt like there was also the veiled idea that, like, you know, this was also Little Red had gone through, like, significant trauma beyond what we know of in the fairy tale, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, the lyrics... Uh, but he drew me close and he swallowed me down, down a dark, slimy path where life yes. secrets that I never want to know. I'm like, whoa. Right. And I was like, oh, this is not by accident that I'm reading into this. Yeah. And there's so many like of my former voice students that were like 13 that wanted to sing that song. Because, you know, when you hear it, it's like, oh, what a quirky, fun little song for like a precocious little girl. But it's not at all. And I'm like, ah, let's do something else, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this but is remind- it's still good. It's making me think of 30 Rock when Jenna and her mom sing Do It To Me One More Time together. <laughs> <laughs> a classic Jenna episode. Yeah. Oh. She pulls the microphone out from her purse. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean... You know, there may be a Jenna-themed episode coming up on this podcast. That might be the one. That was that on my short list. One. I mean, because we get Jan hooks, I right? Mean, and when you can get Jan hooks, I got the meat, gotta. Jack. You know, I got the meat. It's <laughs> I my, got the meat. It is my favorite line from all of Thirty Rock. Is I got the meat, Jack. <laughs> it's oh. so good. <laughs> yeah, how did she not win an Emmy for that? I like, know. Give Jan hooks an Emmy. <laughs> Wear something classy like white jeans and a and <laughs> Dan Marino, Dan Marino jersey. jersey. Oh, <laughs> oh so God! It's that just writing. So, it's so good. Um, all right, so that your number four was was yes. uh, Little Red. So Little Red. My number three then. Um, my number three is Kim Crosby as Cinderella. Ooh. I, this she was. I mean, uh, you know, similar to Little Red and like the way that this role deepens in act two and mm-hmm. i think when she was singing uh is the song called no one is alone is that the title yes when mm-hmm. she's singing that to little red i was like oh bitch you just came into your own in this show yes. like oh and like she has other great you know on the steps of the palace she has lots of great moments in the show but like 
it's also as Cinderella, you know, like there's a, there's a theme to it that she's playing very well, but then in act two, when it turns into this, like, you know, this earthy, you know, wood mother in the woods, you know, in her, in her wrapped up in her mm-hmm. shawl singing this song yes. that is really, I think is probably one of my favorites of the, of the whole yes. thing. It's beautiful. I was, I love that she got that. You know what I mean? I didn't realize that Cinderella got to have that, you know? Yeah, because we do see her a lot. It's like I'm interested in like stage time of Cinderella, Baker's wife, and the witch. But it just seems like the witch and the Baker's wife are such – they have more to do or maybe they have a little bit more punchlines and stuff. And Cinder- But Cinderella is like woven into the fabric of the show. I She is going to be mentioned in a moment by me, so I we will continue the Kim Crosby uh, okay. conversation. Yeah. Um my number 3 and this is again this is like splitting hairs here and this is a I'm not a big one but maybe something that I anticipated being higher but mine is going to be uh Bernadette as the witch is my number 3. Okay. Oh, this is exciting. Okay. Yes. Wow. So I think our top 3s are a little uh a little different. Maybe we'll meet back at number yeah. 1. But yes. Oh, I and that's by a cool. Hair. Yeah, okay. And really I mean, spoiler alert. My number two is Cinderella, and it's so we'll we'll talk about it in a second too. Once once you're done with yours, but there is something about this watch of Act One. I almost called her Meryl, uh, Bernadette as the witch that just seemed a little off to me. Like her pacing at the very beginning. I don't know if she was like waiting for laughs. Did you notice that? You know, or am I just crazy? Like in the in the prologue. Sure. You know. In in the very beginning, I don't know if I if I picked up. I think I was like still getting my footing. I did feel like in Act One, certainly with the prosthetics and whatnot, there were ways in which Bernadette Peters she was giving me this kind of there was a Ruth Gordon kind of energy and a yeah. li- that 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 in the same way that didn't really read for you in Rosemary's Baby, kind of read a little weird here in moments. But I was also like charmed by the Ruth Gordon of it. And there were also moments where she was reminding me of Snooky, and I can't explain it, but like <laughs> Bernadette as the witch is big Snooky energy, and so uh, maybe that coalesces with some of the weird energy you were feeling. Oh, that's so funny! I I have to like meditate upon that, but I I love that that's now introduced the, to my the life. The voice is very Snooky at times, you know. Oh, it's the voice. Okay, um, maybe yeah. I I have to think of. I mean. With this being said, like Act One, uh, which "Stay with Me" is one of, is is slowly becoming one of my favorite songs. It's something that's kind of been kind of been an earworm ever since like talk of like the revival of it uh, has come up. I've started listening to the cast recording, and it's just so beautiful. Um, and one of her best like vocal moments, I think, like in the show, but specifically Act One. But to continue the conversation. Um, Act two, Bernadette is so good. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. She's like this fast talking New Jersey, like gal, like as far as like, um, she's like the cow has been covered in flour. Like the way that she says it, I, I, I don't even know how to like, it's this fast talking jokey version of her. And I, I really love it. She really, it's like, she's having so much like, fun like luxuriating in act two yes. and being the witch and it's really it comfy yeah yeah it's really i mean and this is i think the most i've really seen of bernadette peters you know in one show i haven't seen mm-hmm. her 
like probably in anything else other than like that episode of Smash. So like really getting to kind of appreciate like, okay, what makes you Bernadette Peters? And it, it's, yeah, she is so much fun to watch. She makes such like weird inflection choices that you don't expect, but they always seem correct. I never feel like she, you know, like sometimes Patty Lapone's like, I'm going to do it this way. And I'm like, yes, that's a weird choice, Patty. But no one can tell you otherwise, can they? But And so I feel like Bernadette yeah. is like the positive version of I don't know where this is going. Yeah. Speaking of that inflection, the one line that I always laugh at and now I have like a new like appreciation when she goes, the giant's a woman. Yes. It reminds me of Ms. Cracker. She's a woman. Yes. <laughs> like Ms. Cracker <laughs> as the witch. I need to see that. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I mean, that is, of course, like the... You know, casting into the woods with Drag Race girls, casting into the woods with Oh my gosh, like that's great. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that is fun. Okay, well, that might be maybe a bonus episode at some point or a a, a after show. Yeah, where we cast into the woods with Drag Race queens. Oh, that's that's a dream. But uh, like you were saying too, I I do think like she is in her element when she is she gets to be funny and like part of this too is like we don't get to see her face because it's covered in the prosthetic and maybe that's part of like why i i want to see her even though it's like a whole different character and obviously she has like more freedom to do whatever she wants in act two and like she looks great like her boobs are just like luscious like she looks Mm -hmm. so good the hair oh my god i'm obsessed with that but yeah like um when she looks at her nails and she's like some of us don't like the way you've been telling it like it's (laughs) it's just i don't know i picture all the old people in the audience just like rolling in the aisles but it is funny like everything she does like you said it has motivation behind it and it's not like some bonkers choice i just yeah bernadette peters act two that's that's what kind of split the hair between me and um and Kim Crosby in my number two slot. Wow. I'm, I'm surprised as uh, as everyone else here. Yeah. So. Well, just while we're in this witch's spot, I I think it's just worth mentioning. And this is obviously a, an interesting role. Heather Headley, Patina Miller is going to be in this new production. Donna Murphy played it in Central Park in yeah. 2012. Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams in 2002. Hannah Waddingham in 2010. Yes. Uh, I guess at the in the UK, obviously. Um, it was the one in Central Park. Isn't that crazy? Oh, so well, the Central Park production was 2012. She was in the Parks Open Air Theater in Central London. Regent's oh, Park. Oh, in Central London. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Never mind. I just automatically assumed that that was that Central Park Theater, but I oh. didn't read the caption. <laughs> just like that thing I sent to Amanda <laughs> today. I'm like, Patty LaPone is going to be it. starring as Nancy. And she's like, no, it's based on the production that she starred in as Nancy. I was like, oh. Oh. I like words. highlighted it. <laughs> yeah. I saw what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I said what I said. Um, well, then let's. Um, let the, I would love to hear uh, this is this to me feels like the really the point of interest is how did Kim Crosby eke, what made her the number two slot then for you? Yeah, I think a lot of this, I think in general, I don't think this is all gay men, but there is like some. I want to be best friends with Cinderella, like mm-hmm. on stage and in real life, too. And when I did it, um, I when I did it, the show, like, I think that every actor needs to do Into the Woods, like, at least three times before you really start, like, 
<laughs> like being able to be in control of it because I, I knew most of the score, but there is, I mean, there are so many words. There are so many lyrics. It is hard music. So like I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants just to memorize the whole thing that I, I got to enjoy some parts and I got to dig into the stuff that like I could, but everything else is just kind of like a blur. Like I was watching the shows like I can't believe I memorized all this because it's all just like half gone at this point too, which happens. <laughs> but um, this is all going somewhere to talk about Kim Crosby. Oh, but yeah, it's like I I, I can very e- easily see if she could sing like a Rachel McAdams playing her yep. in the movie, like a younger Rachel McAdams, especially when she has those glasses on. She reminds me of her character in uh, The Family Stone. Uh-huh. She's like downstairs getting her coffee and her flannel shirts. Um, a lot of this is like based on just like how much I love the character of Cinderella and I love her voice in general too. Like I think she has one of the best voices in the show because it's like a soprano role, but it's like a soprano role with like meat on its bones. It's not just like some fluttery, you know, damsel in distress like Rapunzel, even though Rapunzel still has her moments as we, as we talked about, but I do love the transformation of Cinderella. I I think like it's the most apparent when you're watching this is like getting everything that you wanted isn't always the best thing for you. And one of the strongest morals that sticks out to me almost every time and to see her kind of navigate that and to kind of go back and choose. I mean, the life that's in between, you know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. beautiful line of like that I can't remember, but like she had the royalty. She was dirt poor and unhappy and she just wants a normal life. And it, I think there's something really relatable about Cinderella. And she's kind and um, and kind of gets to the end of the, I almost said movie, like this disaster movie motif we're going with, by still being kind. And like, she doesn't cheat on the prince. She just kind of realizes that she needs a break. Um, and I guess that's kind of... Yeah, it which like in in general too like she's not as funny as the witch. I will I will be the first one to say that. Like her the lines she is given are not as funny as the witch because she's just not given that opportunity. But I do I I don't really find the steps of the palace funny ever, which I know like seems crazy because like she's my number two. But I do think it's a great song. Like I'm always kind of getting that stuck in my head. So I, I'll stop there. But that's that's my opening. A very long-winded opening argument there. I'm not as familiar with the the music, obviously, but one of the things that stood out to me, and maybe this was in in part of her performance on on the steps of the palace, was there was some line about basically her being like, "Well, I guess it means he likes me." So you know what I mean. There was a, a sentiment of like, "I guess yeah. this is romantic that he would do all this," and um, and I it, what it read to me was like, "Oh, this isn't funny. This is very like." It reminds me of when I saw everything everywhere all at once. And there were moments where I was like, Mm -hmm. why are you like, there was some line about how, you know, in that movie, like Evelyn, like you've never been good at anything and you failed at everything. And that's why we've chosen you. And people in the audience were laughing. And I was like, what? That's like this. That's like the sad heart of this movie is that like, yeah, they chose Evelyn, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I see how like, it's not necessarily a funny song. If you really pay attention, it's actually kind of a like, she's really in a a shitty situation. Like she's, she's, you know, um, I mean, the prince is super fucking toxic. Like we learn this later. He says, um, you know, he's charming, not 
nice. I think it was at the line. Yeah, uh, I was raised to be charming, not sincere. Charming, not sincere. And I was like, mm-hmm. my the, my brains went right out my ears. I was like, yes, charming, and not sincere. And everyone laughs at that. Again, another huge laugh because right. it is funny, but it's also true. It's like you're you're they're telling you it's like they're spelling it all out, but no one's digesting it the way that they should be. Yeah, you're Which not getting the great. point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I hear you. I think I think Kim Crosby is is great. I think it's not as showy of a role, but I love that she's one of the survivors. I love that at the climax of the of the musical, when um, you know Jack and the baker are gonna go off to kill the the giant, I was concerned when once he gave the baby to Cinderella, I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll see you for the finale, girl. Normally, it's like, oh, this is when like the woman is escorted out of the action, but instead, it like stayed with her, and I don't know why that like. I love that, that we, this wasn't the end of her story just because it was time for the men to kill the giant, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I have so much to say about no one. I mean, I just love, like, being in this show, like, you get to start with, like, from your fault to the end is just, like, it's a dream. There's so mm-hmm. much to mine there because you go into your fault, into last midnight, into no more, into no one is alone, and then the finale. And for the baker, it was just, like... It was heaven. It was so much fun and like so taxing and so beautiful. And I think like once it's like everyone's kind of weeded out at the same time. And especially like I did it at a community theater. So they're like, but I will say like actors come out for Into the Woods. Like sure. everyone wants to be in that show. It is a show like Company and other Sondheim shows because not too many people do it. So like my core four, like myself, Cinderella, Jack and Little Red were great. So like by the time we got there, it was just like, okay, yeah, let's just like, let's bring this on home. And The Witch was great too. So like it was just sort of the all-stars, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because those people have to be strong and like aware of what they're doing. And, um, but yeah, like that Cinderella gets to sing this and like be a mother, I guess, for the first time to someone like, and to give that advice because she's, She's not really had a voice. She's not really been able to make any decision for herself. Um, yeah, there, yeah. There is a line in Steps of the Palace where it says, like, well, I guess that's in, in a nutshell. It's like, I guess I'll let him make the decision. I'll let him decide because mm-hmm. I don't know. So, like, she's kind of searching for that. And it's it's not it's like in an understated way, too. She doesn't have to come out and be like, I'm like she made the choice to leave, which I think is a huge choice. Yeah, her um, but like, yeah, her journey is like she has a pretty significant narrative throughout the show, but it's not as showy as the others. But like once you really yes. like hone in on Cinderella, it's like she probably evolves the most in this show from beginning to end. Yeah. There are times that I actually enjoy cleaning. I lo- I <laughs> thought that was really funny. I thought and she that finally was... got a zinger in it. Yeah, the end. yeah, that, they gave her that. That was a great line. Um, well, <laughs> you know. Uh, the Witch, Bernadette, was my number two. And so we did talk yes. about her quite a bit. I I think uh, I'd say everything other than like there was almost a point where she was number one because I was like, God, wow, Bernadette Peters. I can't believe I'm watching this. And But I mean, number two is not a bad place to be. And uh, absolutely, it's hard to be number one when you're sharing the stage with Dame Joanna Gleason. Mm. How would you describe your attraction as an actress to Joanna Gleason? Like, have you seen her in other stuff or is just, this is your only point of reference? Because it's only my, I think I've seen, I've seen her in this obviously. And then I know her as like Rachel's boss in Friends. 
I mean, she's been in so many things. Uh, oh, she's Canadian. I just saw this in Google. <gasps> oh, my she's, gosh. Uh, Trifecta. Yeah, yeah. Born in Winnipeg. So, I mean, like, she's got that going for her. I feel like if I went into her IMDb, I could probably pluck, like, five or six movies I've seen her in. I know she was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, I, I know we, like, did a, a, patron, a Matron episode on All Right, Mary for that. So, oh, nice. Uh, so, like, I remember in particular queening out about her there. But I think she's just always been one of those actresses that I kind of like when I'd see her in something, it's like, oh, oh, Joanna Gleason. I love her. Um, yeah. She is, in fact, an alum of this podcast. She had, <gasps> I think, a small role in Hannah and her sisters, which I yes, sort of remember. We probably talked about her, but um, yeah. I can so, picture big glasses and like shoulder pads or something, you know? Yes. she That, that look suits her. That sounds about yeah. right. She was in a few episodes of The West Wing, so you may have seen her there. I know you're, a big, you're a big West Wing head. So. Oh, she seems like such a West Wing actress, too. Yeah, you know? right? Um, oh, she was in the Sex and the City movie? Was that in 2008? Yes, I was going to say there was something else. Was that the first one? The is first she, one. Does she play a therapist? I feel like she plays a therapist. She does. She plays a therapist. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I've seen her in that. And um, I thought I must have. I, oh, I guess I have seen the movie The Skeleton Twins, but I don't remember her at all. That was the one with Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig. Oh, yeah. That's always been on my list. Was it? Was it fine? It was, you know, it's, it good? N- it's not a happy, fun movie, but I think sure. it's I I feel like it's not fun, but it might be worth seeing just to kind of see the two of them in a different kind of role. I um, love him. I think he I I think he like plays a, he plays a gay man, right? In that movie. Yeah, that resonates. Or uh, that sounds true. Yeah. Um, have you yeah. ever seen that show, Barry? I I hear great things about it. Yes, I know Amanda is a Barry head. Um, but I I think I watched like. I'm not going to overestimate like I did the West Wing. I'm like the first four seasons. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> I think I watched like, I want to say that I watched the whole first season, but I think in reality, I only watched like five or six episodes. Um, right. But I remember liking it. Um, so, and he's great and won an Emmy or two or something. Yeah. No. Oh, well, uh, well, one of these days, maybe, maybe there'll be a BSA performance in Barry we can talk about. Yeah, I think that'll be great. I wanted to mention this. This is so off topic. I know we just talked about um, Cinderella, a.k.a. Kim Crosby, but I read this article today that I thought was so cute that Kim Crosby and, um, oh my gosh, what's his name now? Westenberg, Westenberg. Robert Robert, Westenberg. Robert Westenberg are married in real life, and they uh met doing this show, and he, Robin West, Robin, Robert West... I feel like I'm RuPaul. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> say it to me. Um, we'll just say Cinderella's Prince. The Prince, yeah. The, yes, the rehearsal the first day and went up to the narrator um, and said, uh, who's that? And he's like, that's your wife. And it's just, and then it was, you know, it was her wow. his wife in the show and then wife in real life. And that just warms my heart. Oh, well, that's a talk about a happily ever after. That's right. I just wanted to mention that real quick. Back to Joanna. I love that. Well, you know what I love about Joanna the most? And and again, coming in at this with like I have a very kind of like, you know, curmudgeonly sometimes, you know, uh, approach musical theater and and just like an aversion to preciousness. I think that's really what it comes down to that. Ever since I heard RuPaul talk about that on What's the Tea years ago, that it's the preciousness of musical theater that puts him off. I felt so validated because I was like, that's what it is. I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum. It's just there's a certain earnest 
thing that just hits my molars the wrong way, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that Joanna Gleason was like the antidote to that. She was so unaffected in that way and was so – all of her emotions were like – it, it was like the same way she performed those emotions in a movie, you know, and it was so impressive mm-hmm. to me that she could still be so down to earth while doing Into the Woods, you know? Yeah, I have, there's, I mean, and I think even more so where like Bernadette still has great comedic timing, but she like leans into it where I, it's like when um she says my husband's in the woods uh, he's undoing a spell oh yes like the way uh-huh, she just like uh-huh, yeah. those little like and the like the line i've never lied to royalty before you can say it like 5000 different ways and she almost sen- sounds like the inflection she says it with is almost like the i don't want to get old she's uh-huh. like i've never lied to loyalty before like, yeah, it's so yeah. good it is it is pitch perfect natch it's it, it she's making she's effortless with her comedy in this show it's so effortless. I mean, when she says about the the hair that she pulls from Rapunzel, ah, I pulled it from a maiden in a tower. A maiden in a tower, and then she just like, yeah, she rocks from side to side. She's like, oh, it's so <laughs> good. Like, I just feel like these are the kind of like performances in musical theater that are so like intriguing to me, where it's like you're not punching the joke for the last row. Because I think that's why Bernadette's not my number one, is because she, yeah, she'll. She'll lean on the horn until you hear it, you know? And I love it. I love the honking. But I like that, like, Joanna will just, like, sit there at the curb and wait for you to see her car. You know what I mean? And I I just, I find this to be, oh, it was just so good. She was just so fucking good. And she justifies the beans. I just, the way that she, the thing about that is the way that she has this micro moment of you realizing the baker's wife has stumbled on the pun and it's like you know you're justified and then it's like this 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 bing moment in her eyes the beans and i just it's so dumb to like see her the character making a joke you know yes i i mean it's just it's refreshing and i have i have so much to say about like the relationship between the baker and the baker's wife it's like for some reason I feel like there's not a ton of chemistry there between them. And I don't know if it's like the actors or, but maybe it's also just the way that it was directed too, because they, they don't, they make a good team. And like, it takes two is like seemingly like a, it's a skipper. You know what I mean? You skip it when you're listening to Mm -hmm. the cast recording, but it's, it's fun. And it is like a reconnection in ways. So like, if you think of it from that way, like, or from that vantage point, like it is, not as like boring of a song as it could be. It still is something that I, I myself don't really listen to. I'm like, I don't need to listen to it, but I, did you have any opinions on their relationship? Like as a couple and even like, cause she wears the pants, you know what I mean? He yeah. doesn't do anything for himself. He actually says that. That's kind of what resonated was that like, she really wears the pants. I think the casting in that respect was really smart that she is a, a taller little handsome-ish yes. woman and he's this kind of little you know uh little chip he's you know he's chip little putts you know, yeah his little putts <laughs> he's his little putts you know and that's exactly what his chip scenes just his little putts and i uh and i like that i thought i guess i guess in a way it's like they don't have the 
strongest relationship anyway so there is kind mm-hmm. of like in a way we meet them at the beginning at the in a fraying state of their lives where it's like yeah i don't know i mean obviously she she ends up having a, a bit of a rendezvous with the with the prince in act two and um it it, it kind of just happens there's never like a, oh my god you cheated on the baker it's just like oh Weird shit happens in the woods, you know? Uh, what happens yeah. in the woods stays in the woods. And <laughs> yes. But it, it does also suggest of like, okay, well, um, clearly you're, you know, uh, the, the baker's buns weren't warm enough for your oven, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, there's so much. It's like this, this podcast episode could be like another hour and even just like talking about the relationships between all these characters and how how it de- how it evolves not just like like singularly as their characters but like as a group and how you know obviously some people pass away but it's like it's like she there's consequences to your actions and like unfortunately she like she would never be the person on my list of someone who would die in act two so it, and it happens so fast that there's not even any time to take it in it really is i kind of like the bummer i knew was coming was like oh yeah she dies. Yeah. Oh, this sucks. And so, like, I, I, I think I put so much into Cinderella and Kim Crosby because I'm like, well, I I lost the bakers. What Can you help me? You know what I mean? And it's like, you're my survivor now. You're my final girl, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. It's, all, it's so fascinating and so fun. And I'm so glad that you liked it. I hope that, like, honestly, I feel that just listening to the cast recording is also like just as fun as watching it too. Like just kind of getting familiar with it. And um, it's a, I mean the into the woods theme is definitely like an earworm. Oh It'll my God. Stay with you for a while. It, it's running through my head right now. Yeah. Um, and the fun thing, uh, just as a, a note for anyone who wants to watch this, I love that this is living on YouTube. Seems no one's going to take it down. It has millions of plays. So um, if you if you don't have a treasured VHS or DVD of this at home, you can watch along and um, catch us on YouTube. So, Ugh, you know. I didn't even know that. Well, I oh. bought it. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! I thought I had assumed that's where you were watching it. So no, oh. I, I guess I should make that more of a habit. Um, but there was also part of I bought it, I, like I own it now on Amazon Prime, and it was only four ninety nine, which is usually oh. how much it would cost to rent a regular movie. So to own it for that amount was uh, was really exciting. So now I have it forever, just in case YouTube decides to take it down. You never know. I you know make good choices. Yeah, uh, consequences right. to actions. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think those are those are officially our BSAs. I and um, you know, I mean, I think at the very least, a, a special a rose to Milky White. You know, a rose to Milky yes. White, who's rarely played by a real person, but occasionally is played by a real person. Yeah, I mean, I think that was something they did for the 2002 revival, which I think is so genius because mm-hmm. we had a stationary Milky Way and it stressed me out. Just yeah. like, if, is it going to fall? Is it not going to fall? Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's, it's fun. Um, well, I think that means that I'm hearing the familiar, uh, the familiar sounds of a musical that we just discussed being Ooh, played yes. by the orchestra. Uh, you know... Thank you, Stephen. Oh, hi, Elaine. <laughs> hi, Elaine. Oh, hi, Elaine. Um, but I think that means we're being officially played off, which means where can folks find more of you is my question. 
I like that. Sounded like a riddle. Um, I You can follow me on my, or find me on my other two podcasts, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, and The Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, in which we are reviving a podcast with Amanda Kaczynski and myself, and we are talking about All-Star 7, all-winter season of RuPaul's Drag Race. I really had to think about that one. Anyway, yeah. uh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov, and that's that. How about you, Colin? Well, you can also find me on All Right Mary, also talking about Drag Race All-Star 7 currently. And uh, you can find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. And I know that I've been hinting at this for a while, but there is indeed a new episode coming. I just finished the script. Yay. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can find more of us uh, in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And of course, I see you there with your peepers peeled because you were waiting for the Best Supporting After Show to come out on Patreon, which it will. And if you were not, then peel them and join us on Patreon <laughs> every week. We do a whole other episode where we queen out on the things we've been doing, things we've been watching, things we've been eating. We assign each other things. We have BSAs of the week. We got Toyota Tricells. It's a whole thing. It's all at patreon.com slash bsapod. Yeah, and this week we're going to continue more Broadway talk, so Tony Awards and beyond. So oh, get over there to Patreon. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an MFA, <laughs> and that, as they say, is that. I wish. Thank you.